Hey strangers, I know it's been a while since the last episode of the podcast and I wanted to apologize but also just give an explanation as to why. Um, I've been feeling very down in the dumps lately. Um, I don't know how many of you have watched the new Bo Burnham special Inside, but I definitely relate to how he's been feeling. Um, so I think this week we're going to talk a little bit about functioning during a depressive episode and how it looks different than a lot of people think it looks. So if that's something that you don't feel comfortable hearing about, then feel free to stop listening now. I want to talk a bit about the sort of media portrayal of depressive episodes because I think that they take two forms and only two forms. There's either the complete and disastrous depressive episode where the character in media ends up in a psych ward or attempting suicide or something drastic or there's the romanticization of a depressive episode where the partner or lover brings them out of the depressive episode in a dramatic fashion with their love instead of just supporting them and there's never any in between in media we see literally just a severe depressive episode and there's just sort of two ways that it's handled either the characters labeled as sort of crazy and they need professional help and there's no way they're going to come out of it or there's the romantic gesture of the partner bringing them out of a depressive episode as if that's how that works um so i want to talk a little bit about my experiences and i'm wondering if anyone that's listening or anyone out there has similar experiences and in a way that's sort of what this whole podcast is about it's about finding people that relate to my experiences to how i'm feeling to how all of you are feeling to find someone that understands that makes you feel seen and heard in my experience with sort of depressive episodes and periods of depression and I think they're different because I've been through severe depressive episodes and then sometimes there's just periods of depression and I think it's important to make a distinction there at least for myself because severe depressive episodes can be really scary you never know when you're going to come out of them you don't know what is going to happen and then periods of depression are periods where I like to think of it as well, my mental illness has got the best of me. So, I know it's going to end, I'm aware it's going to end, and I'm aware of what's happening, but it's sort of like mental illness one, me zero. Um, And depressive episodes, I think that they're different because often, at least in my experience, you don't know what's happening right away you don't know when it's going to end you don't know why you're feeling the way you are and of course through the years it's a little bit easier once you recognize what's happening to recognize it happening again but i would say that i'm currently going through a period of depression and that's not unusual 
for me um, and it's not something that I am drastically worried about and the reason being is that at least with my own mental health I go through sort of a cycle of feeling really really good feeling pretty normal feeling depressed and so I at least have that um, repetition and that sort of cycle that I, I know from understanding how it works that I'm going to come out of it and I wanted to talk about this because I feel like a lot of people don't like to talk about when they're depressed a lot of people don't like to talk about what it looks like and I think it's important because I didn't have anyone for a very long time that experienced anything similar to what I did and so I was like oh no well this is just happening to me and I wonder why and will it ever get better and I want anyone who relates to this or even anyone who doesn't but experiences their own struggles with mental health to know that everyone's mental health takes different forms but you there are people going through what you went through and they're fine they're okay they're fine um so let's talk about a period of depression what that looks for for me looks like for me sorry um lack of motivation extremely tired not really caring um just overall feeling very low energy, low motivation, things like that. And one thing that I um, use as a distinction between a depressive episode and a period of depression is that during times where I've had severe depressive episodes, no matter what I'm doing, I am I'm I'm feeling depressed. I know it's there, and I would act like it wasn't happening. Now, with periods of depression, there are certain things that come around that make you feel better, and then you go back to it. So, seeing friends, or seeing family, or certain things you do, reading a good book, there are ways to sort of distract yourself. And at least in my experience, during a depressive episode, there's always that overhanging cloud of, I am depressed. And during a period of depression, there are sort of ways to get away from it. Um... I think that a lot of people say that they're depressed um, and they don't understand what that really looks like or how to conceptualize it. Um, in the media, all they portray is either depression or anxiety because those are sort of the two palatable mental illnesses that people can relate to because they go through periods of being sad or they are anxious about something. but. I don't think many people understand what it actually looks like and so you'll hear people that are not don't have anxiety disorders don't have depressive disorders say like oh I was depressed then or I'm I'm anxious or I have anxiety and they're not doing it to be harmful but they don't understand that for some people these are states of being these are not periods of feeling that way um, and so it, it becomes a bigger issue when the media is only portraying depression and anxiety and people who are not depressed or anxious are using those as just 
feelings and the reality of the situation is depression and anxiety aren't really feelings, they're states of being. So I could have the best of weeks and I can still say I am anxious, I have anxiety, or I'm depressed because it doesn't matter how I'm feeling, it's something that's a part of me. It's overhanging and that's part of my mental illness, my mental health, my diagnoses. Whereas others who don't experience that may say, oh, that thing made me really anxious, but they're fine. And, or they'll say, oh, I, yeah, I was really depressed then. I was really depressed after my breakup. I was really depressed after this and that. And that's fair. But also, for a lot of people, depression depression isn't something that you experience and then don't experience again. It's a constant state of being. So I'm not trying to invalidate or gatekeep something like mental health or mental illness. It's just that I think when you see a lot of people say that they experience depression or anxiety and it's these like one-time bouts of things, it starts to overshadow the people who struggle with it constantly and consistently and their experiences are what end up being portrayed in media because it's more palatable to say this character is going through a depressive episode but then by the end they'll be fine and it'll never happen again. Um, so I'm not saying that these people's feelings are invalid, rather that this sort of co-opting of using depressed and anxious or I have anxiety, I have depression um, as a way to describe just feeling sad or worry has become more problematic because that's what the media clings to. I also think it's interesting that there are, there has been a sort of cultural shift in how mental illness is viewed. Um, look 10, 20, 30 years back and anyone who was struggling with mental illness was sort of stigmatized and pushed aside by society. And we're coming out of that, kind of. Because you see in media people with depression or anxiety disorders being portrayed and it's the issue of it's always the least severe or the least severe cases of these disorders. So you don't really see someone who's bipolar. You don't see someone who has borderline personality disorder. You don't see someone who has severe OCD or anything like that. And it's very detrimental because it's turned into this thing where only certain mental health issues and matters are really talked about and people really care about. And even to this day, the other more severe or not more severe but more complex mental health issues are still demonized. I mean, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, the last um, sort of portrayal of DID was that horror movie Split where he had kidnapped these three women and had 23 personalities and one of them was a monster. Like, that's not okay. Or there's 
a movie that just came out with a woman who has severe agoraphobia, which is where you're afraid of going outside in very severe cases, and they convince her that she's crazy in the movie. And, like, that's the whole plot point. Um, and there's, you'll see so many cases of, of this, or there's a, there's a movie from the early 2000s where the character was coded as schizophrenic but was a serial killer so i just think that there's a lot of talk about like ending the stigma and helping people that are experiencing mental illness but it's always focused on depression and anxiety and those are easily palatable for the public because in a way all the people that don't experience genuine depression and anxiety are like, oh, I felt depressed. Oh, I felt anxious. So I understand. But they cannot relate to people who are going through other disorders. And so those are still stigmatized. And I wanted to talk about my own experience today because I think that I am in a way lucky to sort of have or be going through the mental health issues and disorders that I have because they're less stigmatized and easier to treat and so someone that has something like BPD, borderline personality disorder, or DID, disassociative identity disorder, is not only being stigmatized from outside sources, but there are also a lot of people within the healthcare, like mental healthcare industry, that are psychologists, that are therapists, that won't work with clients with certain disorders, because they're complex, and they don't know how to help them. And so, I have the fortune of being someone who has disorders that have been studied that are talked about that are portrayed in media so I can tell people I have a depressive disorder and they go oh yeah I understand I was depressed so and so time and or I can say I have an anxiety disorder or I have OCD and people are like oh I'm OCD like no you're not but whatever um and they're easily palatable and they're they're very centered in mental health treatment but if I was someone who had something like borderline personality disorder I would be stigmatized I would be pushed aside I may not be able to find a therapist that could help me and it's ridiculous since I have other mental health disorders so we think that we've made these great strides in society of destigmatizing when there's stigmatization within the people that are trained to help others with mental health disorders so and I think of things like the Bell Let's Talk day and how they get everyone to share a picture of Bell Let's Talk for mental health support and say they donate money and they're arguably a part of a system that actively causes mental health issues for people. There are people that have worked at Bell 
that say that they were offered no mental health support at all. It wasn't covered in their coverage. They couldn't get time off work for depressive episodes, get time off work when they were having issues, nothing like that. But then Bell does a big campaign once a year saying we need to support others that have mental health issues. They're also a giant corporation benefiting off of capitalism. Capitalism contributes to so many mental health issues around the world. Because instead of being allowed to take care of ourselves and our mental health, we're forced to work in a job that we probably hate in order to survive. If we look at mental health care in general, I pay out the wazoo to get mental health care. And I am a continuous care person. I will probably be in therapy the rest of my life. I benefit benefit from it greatly. And without it, I feel very lost. That is a severe privilege for me to be able to afford therapy. And for my family to be able to afford to help me pay for therapy. And there is very little mental health support as soon as you are an adult in Canada and even as a teenager. When I was a teenager and I was using um, government funded mental health support services, I was put on waitlist after waitlist and then a therapist would leave and I'd be put on a new waitlist and tossed around and I, when I turned 18 I didn't see a therapist for two years because it just wasn't financially feasible. It was easier to put aside how I was feeling than have to pay for it or ask my family to pay for it. Because that's the reality of what we live in and there's very little support for people that are going through mental health issues unless they are actively in a suicidal or psychotic episode. Because that's when you're taken in by things like CAMH, the mental health organization in Toronto and Ontario or other organizations because you're a severe case and it's easier for them to put you in an inpatient program for six weeks and then toss you out and say you're fine than it is for them to offer you continuous care in an outpatient program. So if they can justify tossing you into an inpatient program and then kicking you out in a few weeks, that's cheaper for them than offering you seeing a therapist once a week, seeing a psychologist once a week. And even things like getting diagnosed as an adult costs hundreds of dollars. But to get any sort of support in most work environments, you have to have legitimate proof that you have a disability, you have a mental health disorder. Because you can't just call into work and say I'm feeling depressed today or I'm so anxious I can't get out of bed I legitimately can't stomach the thought of leaving my house those aren't things that people accept and those are the realities of most mental health issues but unless you can go pay to get a diagnosis no job is going to accept that and even if you have one there's no saying they'll accept that Legally, they have to, but they can find other ways to punish you, to kick you out of your job. And what are you going to do from there? Disability is a protected class, which means that you can't be discriminated against for your disability. 
But all that really does in the grand scheme of things is mean that if I feel like I was fired from a job because I have mental health issues and sometimes I can't make myself get out of bed without feeling violently ill, I could then get a lawyer and fight them about it. What is that actually helping me? There are these sort of just blindly created ways that the government feels that they're protecting people with different issues with with disabilities with like people of different races people of different genders people of different sexualities like it's just not what they think it is they basically put a band-aid over a situation and pretend like they've done something and um it's just hard when you're really dealing with mental health and you have to deal with the realities of the situation that you're in and the realities of the society we live in and the world we live in and it's hard not to be angry why should I not be angry that for me to get the support I need I have to pay hundreds of dollars a month That for me to get any sort of support in a school environment or a work environment, I have to pay hundreds to thousands of dollars to get a new diagnosis because mine's too old. That I have to fight to get any sort of help for my mental health because they can't just take my word for it. They can't take my therapist's word for it. I need a doctor to sign a paper. Why do I have to prove that sometimes I can't get out of bed? Sometimes I can't open my computer without getting anxious. Sometimes the thought of sitting down and doing something makes me want to throw up because I just feel like utter garbage. Why do I have to prove to someone that I feel the way I do? And thinking about this all recently reminds me of sort of being in high school and going through the mental health system and being tossed from therapist to therapist and I think that whether or not certain mental health issues are destigmatized they're not easy to talk about it's not like suddenly because society's decided that having anxiety is okay that suddenly I'm going to be able to talk about it without feeling weird about it So I'm just reminded of being tossed from therapist to therapist and basically having to give them a laundry list of how I was feeling and what I had and what I'd done to help it. And then I'm reminded of being in high school and going through a very severe depressive episode and basically having to air out how I was feeling and be vulnerable to these people that didn't care and tell them how I was feeling and have them not care. And I don't think it's fair that people who are mentally ill have to fight to prove how they're feeling because it's an invisible disability. I don't think it's fair and it's hard to not be angry about it and I've been having a hard time dealing with that and I haven't been making podcast episodes and so I think in a way it's fitting that this podcast 
is called void therapy because it really is just me screaming into the void about things that I want people to hear, but no one will listen. So, I hope you're listening. <laughs>